What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach of E. This is episode 217, and it is your 2022 5A end of the year awards. You know, a lot of people have been looking forward to this, and uh, there's a lot to explain here on this one because I'm almost positive that there are a lot of guys, uh, well, that gave it away, but a lot of people who have not listened to the past end of the year award shows uh, for this year. I'm talking one through four. Go ahead and listen to those if you haven't, but let me go ahead and run down how we do this thing here. So we have a couple awards categories um as you probably saw on our twitter account and instagram and to qualify first off we pick the candidates uh because we can it's our show so you know you could make your own show if you want to complain about it which there has been plenty you know i don't care and on top of that it, to qualify it's basically based on regular season stats now when we vote and there's a finalist who has been tearing it up in the playoffs yeah we'll definitely consider that uh when voting and doing our thing here that's something that uh, we're definitely gonna do i mean we got to right so there you go but to qualify and become a finalist we definitely consider regular season over anything uh these were pretty much set almost a month ago so there you go now how the voting works here so we got newcomer of the year which goes to the best freshman performance on the varsity level obviously we have a defensive playmaker of the year offensive playmaker of the year most valuable playmaker all of those are pretty much easy to understand and for each category there are five total votes i got a vote cody stoffer my co-host has a vote our intern gideon has a vote you the fans have a vote that's through twitter so whoever wins the majority of the twitter vote gets the fan vote which we'll be announcing first each time and then our guy at colorado prep red zone ryan wesley also has a vote he does a lot for colorado high school football in general he's been at he's been to multiple games so he's more than qualified for this thing go ahead and check him out and check out prep red zone we'll make sure to tag them on our social media so they'll be on instagram and facebook and also you can just look it up online as well if you really want to check out his stuff but he writes some great stuff he's going to a lot of games i'm pretty sure he is going to the 45 a state championship game so there you go but those are the five total votes here in an event of a tie here which we don't get many but just in case there is a tie you know we're gonna go ahead and defer to whoever won the fan vote or whoever got the majority of the fan votes out of the two candidates that are tied so say both candidates tied haven't won the fan vote whoever has the highest percentage aka the most fan votes will go ahead and win that's how we break ties here on this end of the year award show so uh there you go but we'll talk about all of these awards uh candidates the point of this thing is to spotlight the great players from this last season and whatnot and put some respect on their name because i think that's the thing that matters here and then on top of that we're going to talk about our all playmaker list and i'll explain that process when we get there so that we could just go ahead and get to the voting and get to the awards here 
Now let's talk newcomer of the year. There were a lot. A lot of honorable mentions for this one. Tevin Stokes, the freshman quarterback at Chaparral, was one. Uh, Luis Santana out of Pomona was one. DJ Bordeaux. Uh, out of Thunder Ridge, he was one, but he really didn't get to start into the playoffs, and so that's why we couldn't really consider him at the time. Um, so there you go. Like I said, you got to put up stats and play a specific amount of games in the regular season to qualify. So just throwing that out there. Max will love it. I believe out of Pomona was another one, another honorable mention. And then Breck Koloje out of Valor Christian. He is another one that we definitely had to consider here. He starts at line for Valor. That is just kind of a tough stat to put together because, I mean, obviously we've seen him play in person a couple times well i've seen him play uh a couple of times cody has seen him once it's just hard to i guess put down on paper explain how well he has been doing and so he's a little bit jipped out but he's definitely somebody that we're gonna put on our uh, watch list offensive line watch list going into next year so he will live but there you go. Those are all the honorable mentions. Let's go ahead and get to get into it here. Starting with Eli Stevens, the linebacker out of North Glen. Got the start here on the regular season. Had 71 tackles, 6 tackles for loss, and 3 sacks. Also forced 2 fumbles on the year. A uh, couple big games I do want to talk about here against Thornton. Um, who they absolutely blew out. He had 11 tackles, two tackles for loss against Mountain Range, another big win. He had 11 tackles, a tackle for loss to start the season against Adam City at nine tackles, two tackles for loss. Then against Doherty, um, I believe this was a pretty, well, it was an important game, uh, but he had 11 tackles in that game. And then in that Adam City game, by the way, he had two sacks. So there you go. You know, obviously stuffing the stat sheet at linebacker for North Glen. Uh, regardless of the competition, because I could already hear, oh, he's playing 4A competition. Doesn't matter. 4A is good at football. There are a lot of 4A programs that will blow out 5A programs, in my opinion. But that's an opinion for another episode. So there you go. Big credit to Eli Stevens out of North Glen for really turning up there. Now, another guy, another candidate I want to talk about, someone that we have been following for a couple of years now, a couple of these guys we've watched actually in middle school, but we got Japri Jennings, the slot wide receiver out of Mountain Vista here. Shout out the junior buffs, but on the regular season, had 36 receptions, 400 receiving yards, and three receiving touchdowns here uh look this is a very very crowded receiving group here and it's full with a lot of great receivers too you got sean conway on this team you got jakai mack who i believe was a candidate for newcomer of the year in the same position as japri last year you know you obviously have the running backs as well and so for japri to walk in here as a freshman and do what he did is definitely impressive you got to give him credit there i mean you got two other guys two other really good receivers who you're fighting for targets with so it's it's a tough go you know it's naturally a tough go but he did his thing and he contributed to this team as a freshman now let me talk about some games where he really turns up here um 
in a game against University, which I believe is an Orlando team out of Florida, who they beat the brakes out of 42 to zero. He had five receptions for 82 yards. That's one of his best games uh, against Castleview. I think statistically this is his best one, who they beat 38 to 21. He had nine receptions, 97 yards, and a touchdown. You love to see that uh, against Fort Collins and Chaparral. You know. Four receptions, 40 yards and a touchdown against Fort Collins. Uh, three receptions, 34 yards and a touchdown against Chaparral. I mean, he got pretty busy. There are a lot of games where he had multiple receptions. I believe the only game that he did not get more than one reception was the Heritage game, um, which was the first game of the season. And then the Thunder Ridge game, interesting enough, uh, which was that rainy game, that double overtime game that was really intense. So there you go. He really did his thing, and it's only up from here. He's only going to get better. He's only going to develop that chemistry over there with uh, Austin Majeski even more as the years go on. And so uh, there's a lot to be excited for uh, with Japri Jennings out of Mountain Vista, who already has been contributing a lot to that squad. Now, another guy contributing a lot to a passing squad isn't a receiver, but he is a running back, and that is Adrian Samala out of Arvada West here, a running back on the regular season, ran for 598 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns here. Um, shout out to, I believe it's the Falcons, that's the squad I watched him play on. Um, with Jameson, CC, Cam Jensen, all those boys. Uh, he stood out to me last year in the one game I went to where I scouted him, and he did a great job there. So there's no surprises that he walks into our Battle West, and he got some play time, and he wasn't really the starter. Uh, they had a senior, I believe, starting. He was more of a, you know, change of pace type of guy, but his carries definitely went up and they gave him more burn as the year went on here. But even as he was not the starter in the first game of the season against a good Thunder Ridge defense, he had 25 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown in that game doing his thing. Now that wasn't his best statistical game. His best, his best stat game was near the end of the season October 20th against Pomona, who they absolutely beat 42 to 14. He had 19 carries, 118 yards, three touchdowns. Also had a reception for two yards in that game. That's where he absolutely turned up in that one. Now, some other notable games I want to mention. Uh, following that Pomona game against Ralston Valley, a tough squad, he had 17 carries, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, against Columbine, he had 92 rushing yards which you know you could argue maybe it was in garbage time or whatnot but still it's Columbine you know it's not like they're just putting out scrubs out there so there you go against Lakewood he had 87 rushing yards uh Boulder who they blew out he had 55 rushing yards I mean he turned up when they needed him and going into next year I mean he is going to be one of the main engines to this offense since they are graduating their quarterback couple starting wide receivers the running back some linemen but you know they got a piece here in adrian samala who is very good at football he had he has experience from this year obviously and you see what he did against some pretty solid programs i mean look at thunder ridge columbine pomona ralston valley gotta be impressed by that you gotta be impressed by that and that's you know 
in a very pass-heavy offense that isn't really going to run the ball a lot like that. And even then, you know, they also had a senior back that he was splitting carries with. So a lot of things to keep in mind there. You got to be aware of the situation. And speaking of situation, the last finalist I want to talk about is Brady Vodka. Now, he's been in this situation with Cherry Creek before. Uh, he's been in the Cherry Creek program for a couple years now. Years now. Uh, at the time I'm recording this, we're a couple days out. It is Wednesday, November 30th in, I want to say, two or three days. On the 3rd of December, Brady Vodka will be playing in the state championship game against Valor Christian. Now, last year, ironically enough, he was in the middle school uh, championship game against some very good players as well. And so he has championship DNA uh, in him naturally. And so he really had to fight for this starting spot. This was one of the guys that we had to make an exception for because I believe he was a game under qualification, still played in seven games. Uh, I mean, that's better than being under by like, you know, three or four games and only playing four or five games. And so we made an exception for Brady Vodka here. And so he is going to be our last finalist. I mean, uh, in case you don't know, he is the starting quarterback for Cherry Creek now, but he had to battle for it. You know, there are some other very good options in the quarterback room. I'm talking about Brian Rudden, Ben Starr, who we saw work out over the offseason, Aurelio Marchiol, who we saw work out during the offseason, and then you have Brady as well, and Brady being the lone freshman, the lone underclassman, actually, uh, he was able to win this job, not only win this job, but also do a good job leading this team to state, and you know, I know everyone's gonna make excuses and be like, oh, it's easy to do that if you're Cherry Creek, um, no, it's not, <laughs> trust me, there are ways to lose, even if you're a great team, if you don't have a quarterback, not every team runs the ball a million times and just relies on that, even though they do have some good running backs. You know, Cherry Creek actually uh, tries to pass the ball and make that a part of their offense, and that's an important part of their offense. And so, with that being said, just talking regular season stats alone, Brady Vodka, 695 passing yards, 9 touchdowns, only 1 pick, pretty efficient there, 148 rushing yards, and 3 rushing touchdowns some key games i do want to talk about the first one where he it looks like they just gave him the reins here and he started was against smoky hill he won 12 of 15 183 yards three touchdowns so he only had three incompletions but he made it up with three touchdowns in that game also had 39 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown so he actually had four total touchdowns in that game Following that against Eagle Crest, who has a very fast secondary, he won 11 of 17, 159 yards, two touchdowns to one pick, also had 69 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown in that game. Following that, they played Arapahoe, a playoff team, uh, a playoff team who had a bye, by the way, 9 of 15, 158 yards, three passing touchdowns in that one no rushing touchdowns uh in that game and then even in that loss against grandview 10 of 12 for 125 yards here um he had a rushing touchdown but he had no touchdowns or picks that was the game they lost by three in doesn't matter 
as uh, Grandview's not in state and Cherry Creek is now. In the last couple games, uh, Brady has definitely turned it up, playing very efficient football, which is what matters, you know. There are definitely ways to lose football games. So, at quarterback for a very good team, even if you do have all the pieces. So, there you go. That's Brady Vodka's argument. I mean, obviously, he has done his thing over there for Cherry Creek, and we wish him the best of luck, and uh, maybe even by the time they listen to this, they have already won or lost, so we'll see what happens, but let's go ahead and get to the votes here, let's start with the Twitter votes, so we had 574 votes, thank you for that, and the winner, and this was kind of by a small margin here, it was relatively close, but the winner is actually Adrian Smala out of Arvada West. He gained 33% of the Twitter votes. The next closest was Brady Vodka with 27%. Japri was right after him with 22%. And then Eli Stevens had a solid 18%. This is one of the closer polls that we've had Um in all of the classifications, at least this year, but especially when it comes to this category. So there you go. That's how deserving some of these candidates are. So there is that vote. Adrian Samala out of Arvada West getting that. Now let's go ahead and read out what Gideon has to say for newcomer of the year and read out his vote. So he says, Brady Vodka, Eli Stevens, Adrian Samala, and Japri Jennings. After go with Vodka, he won the starting QB job on a nationally ranked and one-seeded team. All four of these guys will be great moving forward, but I will vote for Vodka. So, boom, there you go. There, it is split. Well, between the two votes, between Adrian here and Brady. Let's go to Cody and see who he votes for. Now, this is... It's it just varies so much from level to level on newcomer of the year. Obviously, have quite a few guys here. Even the honorable mentions, I think, have very very bright futures at their program here. But I have to be the most impressed following watching film and you know breaking down their impact on the team. I got to be most impressed by Japri Jennings' output here in his first year at Mountain Vista. Where I mean. There were a lot of passes to go around, if that makes sense. Like, it was just absurd how many great pass catchers this Mountain Vista team has, how big a lot of these pass catchers are. Because, I mean, Japri's not the tallest, but he is one of the most explosive athletes in the state, especially at his age here. And in just his freshman year, managed to be third on this squad in total receiving yards and he managed to also be third in receptions here and part of the reason why he's able to get so many receptions and a stat that i wish was tracked a little bit more watching through his film was first downs japri jennings moves the chains so much by just running the route to the correct spot or having that you know, very, very quick acceleration that he's known for here. And, you know, he, he dances too a little bit. He could dance maybe a hair less, but I mean, sometimes when he dances, he really does get that extra yard that you do need. He's very shifty. He's an absolute mismatch against not only linebackers and safeties when he's lined up in the slot, but he's 
asked to do a lot. He does line up outside. He does run those go routes, those post routes, those drag routes, those in routes, those slant routes, those screen routes, like the variety of tasks that Japri is tasked with as a freshman is honestly stunning in the first place and it's very impressive everything he was able to accomplish here he you know like I said is a great chain mover here and he's a very reliable I guess you know like security blanket running those drags across the field here or running those shallow routes for Madruski to come back to and I think that Japri shows a very solid understanding of the game. There's one particular play where he's starting to run a fake flat slash wheel-ish and then just breaks down and cuts back inside on like a, you know, U-trail play, basically. And that alone just showed me a level of understanding and love and precisiveness for the game that I don't think I really saw um, looking through other other freshmen's film that I saw to that extent. Obviously, I think that the future is very, very bright for Brady Vodka, who's going to be playing in state this year as a freshman. So you got that going. Eli Stevens is, you know, somebody who I think is going to be another stout North Glen defender here. You even look at our honorable mentions, you know, for teams that I think are going to be turning it around in the next two years. And then Adrian Samala, huge shout out to him. He was the one that made this very, very difficult here because he was the lead rusher on that Arvada West squad. And I think that the squad is his heading forward. But I do think that Japri's impact on a winning, winning football team here that had one of their more successful regular seasons than they have uh, in the past few years. I think that he was a critical part of that and they would not have been where they were without Japri this season here and you know everything that he was able to do in not only some of these tight football games but just overall on the season and he's just getting started is the crazy part here so my vote is going to go to Japri Jennings of Mountain Vista boom so there you go three different finalists and three different votes Let's go ahead and go to Ryan Wesley and see what he has to say here. But he is going to go ahead and vote for Brady Vodica. He says being the QB for the best team in the state is a challenge in itself. But doing so as a freshman is a tall order that he's managed to fulfill. He's had a solid introductory season by playing a significant role in helping Cherry Creek reach the state final. So there you go. Brady Vodka goes ahead and pulls ahead here. But I am going to go ahead and have to cast my vote for the 5A 2022 Newcomer of the Year, which is Adrian Samala out of Arvada West. And because it's tied, technically you're at home, it's 2-2. Two, two. Um, Gideon and Ryan here, Coach West, both voted for Brady, myself, and the Twitter votes have went for Adrian. And so that basically means that Adrian Samala is the Newcomer of the Year winner because he won the fan vote. Uh, that's how these ties go. So congrats to Adrian here. Now let me go ahead and explain what my reasons are for this so first off i respect brady vodka a ton he's done a good job over there he's had to win the starting job 
You know, it's not just about doing well against other opponents because you're going to naturally do that if you play for a team like Cherry Creek. To play for a team like Cherry Creek, though, is harder to do than to compete against a team like Cherry Creek. It could be argued, at least it could be argued, because there are definitely guys in that program who have experience and who have went through the same program that Brady has. Brady has been in this program since middle school, but you know, you also have other guys like Ben Starr, Rayleigh Markiel, who have been in similar situations. You know, they've been through the program, but the difference is that they've had JV snaps compared to middle school snaps. And so for Brady to make that jump from middle school ball to varsity ball in less than a year and bring his team to state both years is a pretty big deal. You know, he's a pretty big contributor. And like I said, Cherry Creek isn't a team that is going to run the football and die by running the football. You know, they run at least a relatively balanced passing attack when they really have a quarterback and whatnot. You know, I know the last couple of years they've had to deal with one year starters. Moving forward, there's going to be more passing involved here. Brady is not just going to be a guy who's just going to be regulated to game manager uh, when things get tough, you know, that's just not going to happen. And you see some of that here in the playoffs because he made some pretty big throws here. Um, like I said, you know, we consider regular season performances for these candidates to qualify to become a finalist. Now, once they're a finalist, we're going to consider everything. And in the playoffs against Thunder Ridge, he made some big time throws that mattered. You know, obviously it helps to have an Ishmael CC and all that. But, you know, you still got to throw an accurate football. And it's not like Thunder Ridge defense sucks. They're here for a reason, you know. And so he made some big plays there. I'm going to give him his credit. He did his thing there. Uh, Japri Jennings, you know, he did his thing there as well. He has always been a very talented wide receiver. Now entering this wide receiving room as a freshman against other guys who, you know, had more years catching footballs from this quarterback, even if it's just one more year and all that stuff. That matters. And Japri, he had to compete and carve a role for himself in this offense and to me that is extremely impressive as well eli stevens he did the same thing with north glenn he had to carve a role for himself uh over at north glenn and compete against those guys to start i mean all these guys had to right but for me the reason i am gonna go ahead and vote for adrian somali here is that not only do they had or not only did arvada west have a senior running back um or at least an upperclassman running back in front of him they also are a pass-heavy offense, so they're not going to run the ball a million times. Not really if they if they don't need to, you know. Now, with Adrian here, he was able to go into the situation knowing that, knowing that if anything, he's maybe a change of pace back and all that stuff, and he still competed. He was still a dog, and he still got his carries. I mean... Look, even if it was garbage time numbers that he put up, because I already know there's someone out there saying it. I could already read your lips right now. Um, he did it against very good teams. You look at Columbine, he had 92 yards against them. You know, that's pretty good. Backups are not. Columbine's backups are still better than starters on most 5A programs. That's right, 5A programs. So there you go. Uh, Thunder Ridge, you know, that was a close game. 
You know, that was a relatively close game there. He had 95 yards against a very good defense there. You know, Ralston Valley, he had 78 yards. Pomona, they I, look, Pomona, had, it's a down year for them, but they really aren't that horrible of a program in general. He had 118 yards and three tutties against them. I mean, look, when it mattered, Adrian stepped up, and his film looks really good, too. I mean, to play running back as a freshman it's hard to do because you're playing against dudes who are physically more developed than you because they're older and whatnot. And on top of that, I mean, you have the scheme kind of going against you too. You're not a run-heavy team like a Columbine, like a Rock Canyon, like some of these other teams like Pomona who are going to use a million running backs and get all their guys' touches. Like, no, at best, you have two running backs in this system. And even then, that's kind of pushing it because you're still going to pass it more so than anything. And so he carved out his role for himself. For himself, He competed against the guys in his own locker room. And then when it came down to it against good programs, he performed. And it matters. It matters to perform against good comp and whatnot. And so, look, got a lot of respect for all these guys. I think pretty much everyone in consideration here and almost all the finalists are guys who are gonna eventually play on the next level and i've been sure of that for a really long time it's gonna sound out there but come back to this episode in four years i've been wrong about things but i don't think i'm gonna be wrong about this and so a lot of respect to all these guys i'm sure they're gonna make uh this end of the year award show here in their respective categories here in the coming years but for now, I got to go with Adrian Samala out of Arvada West as your 5A 2022 Newcomer of the Year. Now let's go ahead and move on to Offensive Playmaker of the Year. And I'm going to go ahead and address some controversy here. Had a lot of Rock Canyon fools try to come at our throats and slander us here. Talking about, oh, you know, we're trying to make Aiden Duda look bad on purpose. First off, no. Uh, we put on athletes and whatnot and we do a better job getting them to college than some programs so maybe you should check yourself there and then on top of that you know we have a lot of respect for his game and whatnot but things that go into consideration for offensive playmaker of the year newcomer of the year depoy mvp is not only the stats because you know some people are a little bit too stat driven but it's also their performances, what we see on the film as well. And if we feel like your film is not up to speed and we're not quite bought into it, then, you know, we're just not going to include you as a finalist. It's also our show, so we could do what we want as well. And there are a lot of great candidates. He was definitely somebody that was just on the outside, but let's not act like he was the only one on the outside as well. Yosef Ishmael Sisi out of Cherry Creek. He was just on the outside, but we know he's a great athlete and whatnot. The stats weren't quite there for that. You also have Colton Pollock out of Fossil Ridge here. Um, there was even a time where he had to play a little bit of quarterback, and he looked pretty decent. And so we're really looking forward to his game next year. Um, but, you know, it wasn't quite there and whatnot. You also have Bryce Olsen as well. I believe that is Fort Collins, I want to say. 
Um, let me check it just to make sure. Sorry, Fossil Ridge as well. Uh, but there were a lot of dudes we considered. We also considered the other Columbine running back, Josh Snyder. We considered Deano Bonalo out of uh, Ralston Valley. I mean, there are four spots, so there's only so much we could do here. Now, we'll acknowledge on that one graphic, yeah, Aiden Duda's stats, they were wrong. It was the one that they were wrong because we're looking at 50 players for literally one award. As you could tell, I just listed multiple uh, honorable mentions that were not on the honorable mention graphic. So, boom. That's a mistake. But, like I said, we already decided that he wasn't going to make it. And it was a hard decision to make. And so that's why he's an honorable mention. Now that that's out of the way, let's actually get back to the guys who actually made this list here. And if you disagree, you could disagree. Uh, thank you for your listen, though. But let's talk about Diego Kearns out of Eagle Crest. The speedy running back. This guy definitely deserved to be on this list. Uh, sure, you know, second leading rusher in the state and whatnot. I'm sure that's something a lot of people are going to bring up. Still, though, in the regular season, rushed for 1,387 rushing yards, 11 rushing touchdowns. He was one of the big engines for this Eagle Crest team as a whole. He, he was very important to this uh, special teams unit as well but you know he had some pretty big games here let me talk about his biggest game his best statistical game uh against lakewood where he had 29 carries he ran for 301 yards three touchdowns had a long of 63 yards it looks like here so there you go against cherokee trail he had 223 yards and two touchdowns in that one uh, another big game against Horizon, 210 yards and a touchdown in that one. I mean, he performed. He put up big numbers. His stats are definitely impressive, and his film is really impressive as well. There were a lot of times where he would just get loose and break out big chunks of yards, which really helped out this offense and whatnot as they relied on him a ton to do their thing and get Eagle Crest back into the playoffs. So that's definitely worth mentioning there now another running back i want to talk about is a junior here it is abraham shatilla the rocky mountain running back on the year he ran for 1486 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns leading rocky mountain into the playoffs they actually got an upset in the playoffs as well but those are just his regular season numbers uh but he did a good job i mean he obviously helped this rocky mountain team get to the playoffs but he was a big part of this offense he was the main part of this offense to be honest with you he did not have a single regular season game where he ran under a hundred yards so every regular season game here he ran for at least a hundred yards now let's talk about some big games here against chaparral he had 214 rushing yards and two touchdowns in that one against eagle crest 101 yards in that one against uh horizon 184 yards four rushing touchdowns against fossil ridge 114 yards and a touchdown against boulder 200 yards and two touchdowns i mean look he was the engine to this rocky mountain offense here and he did a pretty good job you know he did a pretty good job as a junior running behind obviously a very good line led by senior ethan thompson shout out to him but regardless he got the job done he's he got his team to the playoffs he got a playoff dub 
by the way. And you got to consider all that. He did it all as a junior, the only junior on this list. Now, another guy to talk about, to give credit to, is Brady Witherspoon out of Arvada West here on the regular season. At receiver, he caught 62 balls for 1,136 receiving yards and 17 receiving touchdowns. All of those, uh, he was uh, a stat leader here in 5A, either the top guy or near the top there. I mean, he was a big part of this Arvada West offense, who is a very pass-heavy team. You know, they love passing the ball, and he was one of those guys that really benefited from that. Now, let's talk about some games where he really turned up here. Um, his best statistical game was against Lakewood. They blew them out 47-16, to but he had five receptions, 247 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. You got to understand, as a receiver, you know, you can't throw the ball to yourself. So all you can do is run your route and hope your quarterback finds you. And then you got to make do with the situations, uh, with the opportunities you get. And here, it looks like he had five opportunities, five receptions, and he scored on four of those. That is absolutely insane to do against any varsity team. Um, the next best stat game was against Chatfield, a playoff team. They didn't win this game, but he had nine receptions, 212 yards, and three touchdowns. That means a third of the time he was scoring. That is big time there. Um, the next best game against Cherry Creek, he had 10 receptions, 142 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. Cherry Creek won in a blowout, obviously, but... Brady Witherspoon scored every single Arvada West touchdown in that game. Got to consider that. Now, some other key games against Thunder Ridge, who has a good defense uh, earlier in the season. Six receptions, 71 yards, and a touchdown. Against Columbine, eight receptions, 106 yards, and two touchdowns in that one. Against Ralston Valley, five receptions, 51 yards, and a touchdown. He did his thing. He definitely stuffed the stat sheet that he performed. And, you know, it's not like he's just running deep and catching a touchdown because, you know, he is 6'4", 200, and a really good athlete. No, it's not that at all. You go ahead and look at the film. He's catching slant routes. He's catching screens. He's catching it over the middle on medium uh, type of routes. You know, he's doing it all, and he's scoring regardless because he is that guy here. He's one of the best receivers in 5A, period. So there you go there. That is Brady Witherspoon out of Arvada West. Now, the last candidate I do want to talk about is from Columbine. He made up um, this, well, half of the best tandem, running tandem here in Colorado, or at least arguably the best. You could you could give him that at least, but that is Mark Taylor out of Columbine, the senior speedy running back here. Uh, definitely considered his running mate, but we had to go with Taylor here. I mean, he has very impressive film and all that great stuff in the regular season. 1,235 rushing yards, 24 rushing touchdowns. Yes, you heard that right. That is in the regular season alone. He was a touchdown leader in 5A and in the state 
as well. So that is Mark Taylor out of Columbine. Uh, let's talk about some of his key games here before I forget. In one half against a very good, well, at least a very solid Dakota Ridge team from 5A. Uh, remember, it's one half. He had nine carries for 94 yards and two touchdowns. That is not even his best statistical game. His best stat game came against Pomona, who they blew out. He had 17 rushes, 214 yards, and five rushing touchdowns in that one. So, love to see that. Against Chatfield, a little rivalry game here. He had 10 carries, 135 yards, and four rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, he really turns up. Oh, let me mention this other one against Arapaho, 12 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown in that one. I mean, he really turned up throughout the season and did a good job uh, really carrying this offense for Columbine, doing a very good job for these Rebels and uh, helping them make their deep playoff run or a good playoff run. So there you go. Those are all the finalists. Let's go ahead and go to Twitter. Let's see who won the vote here. And so we had 625 voters, 625 votes, and 32.8% voted for Diego Kearns out of Eagle Crest. This was a pretty close margin here uh considering you had brady witherspoon who had 25 percent mark taylor with 23 percent and abe chatilla with 19 percent these votes were pretty close here but thank you to everyone who voted uh in all that stuff diego kearns is your fan vote for offensive playmaker of the year moving on though Let's go ahead and see what Gideon has to say uh, for his offensive playmaker of the year vote. So he says, looking at all these players and teams between Diego Kearns, Brady Witherspoon, Abe Shatilla, Mark Taylor, my vote needs explanation. Columbine has two elite running backs. Arvada West had four guys with three receiving touchdowns. Eagle Crest had seven 100-plus yard receivers. Rocky Mountain had one 100-plus receiving yard player. They have three guys who had 100-plus rushing yards. Their starting quarterback had 210 passing yards, and the backup had 148. My offensive playmaker of the year vote carried his team on his back to the playoffs. Without him, the offense would not have even begun to have function. Abe Chatella is the only reason that Rocky Mountain was able to stay offensively relevant this year. I vote Chatilla, so there you go. A split once again between two different finalists. Let's go ahead and move on to Ryan Wesley of Colorado Prep Red Zone. He is going to vote for Brady Witherspoon. He says leading wide receiver in 5A in yards, 5th in state. He's a big target with reliable hands and solid route running skills. Strong ball car carrier, explosive after the catch. He's a legitimate game changer. So, three different votes. Uh, well, three different voters. Three different votes. Let's see who Cody is going to vote for here. Now, this category was almost impossible to narrow down here. There were so, so, so many great picks. Shout out to, you know, honorable mentions who just narrowly didn't make this list. I'm talking about the Pollocks of the world, the Olsons, the Ishmael CCs, the Aiden Dudas that were really, really close as we were looking at stats at the end of the regular season here. And 
You know, there were some really close ones here. These guys that did make the finalists were very, very crucial to their team here. Lots of running backs in 5A. That's just kind of the story here. You have really good arguments here for, for like a Chatea where the Rocky Mountain offense was basically nothing outside of him here. A fantastic argument for Brady Witherspoon from a numbers perspective here. Absolutely catching touchdowns every single week and exploding for multiple touchdown performances here. However, I'm going to cost my vote for Offensive Playmaker of the Year to Diego Kearns of Eagle Crest. I actually had the pleasure of going and watching him live in that loss to Grandview, where even, even though they quote-unquote had him bottled up, he was still very dangerous and even had you know a touchdown regardless uh, thanks to his kickoff return prowess. I think that he's somebody who can score in a lot of ways. He's somebody who was, I'd even say, underutilized in the past game. And when he was given opportunities, like against Rocky Mountain, he showed what he could do. Three receptions, 82 yards, and his lone score. I think that with more targets in the backfield, this is somebody on the next level that could really dice up defenses. He's got elite speed. He has... Some of the most absurd agility I maybe have ever seen in my life. He just moves so smooth. He's such a great athlete. And honestly, he was the heartbeat of this Raptor squad. You know, even in games where they struggled, uh, it was it was because the entire defense was keying in on him. And then you have just absurd performances like his 300-yard, three-touchdown game against Lakewood. That's somewhat expected. But in league, getting 46 carries against Cherokee Trail for 220 yards is just ridiculous. And, you know, even against a uh, loss against Creek, he's still the guy there trying to pick up yards and getting lots of carries and doing everything he can to scrap, fight, bite, tear for every single yard here. Very tough, splendid player to watch. Even if you don't include, you know, his playoff, his postseason, he still had, you know, well over 1,300 yards from a rushing perspective. He still had, you know, about 250 yards from a kick return perspective and, you know, over 100 yards from, you know, receiving the football as well. If you include the postseason, he actually even eclipsed 2,000 scrimmage yards, which is just absurd, bonkers, but really just everything he was able to do. He improved a lot from last year, and he was key to the, you know, Raptors' return to the postseason. So that's why I'm going to take Diego Kearns for my Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Boom. There you go there. So Cody will go ahead and double down on Diego Kearns here. Um, and so just to review the votes... Ryan Wesley voted for Brady Witherspoon. Gideon voted for Abe Shatilla. And your fan vote, Offensive Playmaker of the Year, is Diego Kearns. I am actually also going to vote for Brady Witherspoon here. I'm going to explain my vote here first. Uh, look, as a receiver, you know, you have to make the most out of the opportunities you get. You know, and sometimes you don't always get to control those opportunities and the situations, you know. Uh, it's not like he wasn't being double teamed or anything like that. I got to see him play live uh, here. You know, they were doing their best, but Brady Witherspoon, he's just a very good football player. And he is somebody who is going to dominate wherever he goes. You know, and so I was very impressed with what he was able to do there. Uh, he was a huge part of this Arvada West offense. 
I don't know if this offense would be the same without him, you know, because he was just a one-of-a-kind receiver for them and the best receiver here in 5A, or one of the best here in 5A this year. And so with all of that being considered, I have to go with Brady Witherspoon as my vote. But because it is tied, two votes for Brady Witherspoon and Diego Kearns, we are going to go ahead and give the 2022 5A uh, Offensive Playmaker of the Year award to Diego Kearns since he has won the fan vote, who is super deserving, by the way. He's an explosive running back, super shifty. He's a home run hitter, so really he could score at any given moment uh, and all that stuff, and he's done a lot for that Eagle Crest team, and so there you go. A lot of respect for him, and well, not a lot of respect for all these guys in our honorable mentions. All these guys are uh, players who we feel like can play on the next level and who we're going to push to play on the next level as well and so um yeah there you go a lot of a lot of uh, great fantastic football players here contributing uh on the 5a classification but let's go ahead and keep this thing going and talk defensive playmaker of the year now let me mention the honorable mentions real quick there's obviously isaac angle out of Highlands Ranch. He was definitely somebody who was just out in this conversation. He had 155 tackles, 15 TFLs, four sacks, five picks. I mean, he did his thing, but, you know, there are a lot of great candidates here. Uh, Joan Van Meter out of Fort Collins, a talented edge rusher who had 139 tackles. DJ Crow out of Denver East, he had 93 tackles. Um, and then plenty more. There's plenty more who, you know, we know is talented but didn't quite uh, stuff the stat sheet here. So there you go. But let's go ahead and talk about our finalists, starting with Brody Van Cleve, the junior out of Poudre here. On the season, 112 tackles, 18 tackles for loss, 12 sacks, 1 interception, 1 forced fumble, and 2 fumble recoveries. He did his thing for the Impalas who here who did make the playoffs and was a big part of this defense. Uh, some key games here against Fort Collins. He had 14 tackles and 4 tackles for loss. Also had 3 sacks in that game. Against Fairview, which was a close uh, two-point loss, he had nine tackles in that game there. Um, against Rocky Mountain, this was a rivalry game. He had 11 tackles and three tackles for loss in that one, I believe. He also had two sacks, yes. So there you go there. Against Castleview, which was a grinded-out game, he had 12 tackles and a tackle for loss. Um, no sacks in that one. Um, and then last but not least against Fossil Ridge. He had 11 tackles. Two tackles for loss and two sacks. Even though they did lose that game. He was also a big contributor in their one playoff game against the Legend. Where he had 12 tackles. But unfortunately they came up short in that one. He is going to be a big time component of this team moving forward. Since he is only a junior. Now, another guy I want to talk about, he is an underclassman, actually, so we have a couple young players still on this list, but it is Carter Daniels, the Mountain Vista linebacker, the sophomore linebacker here in the regular season, 161 tackles, 6 sacks, 30 and a half tackles for loss here, uh, 4 forced fumbles, 
sorry, uh, and five fumble recoveries. He also had an interception as well. I watched him live against Thunder Ridge in the rain in double overtime. He put up one of the best performances at linebacker from the season. He was everywhere. You know, it looked like he was in on pretty much every single run play, it felt like, uh, whenever they did run the ball towards his side, at least. And even then, there were times where they didn't run it uh, towards the side, and he would still clean it up in that game. He had 20 tackles and 5 tackles for loss. That is probably, and half a sack, that is probably one of his best the statistical games obviously they lost by only three that was a really close game though so there you go against rock canyon though he would make it up with 20 more tackles and a tackle for loss and a sack Jeez, man he went on a tear here in that two-week span <laughs> uh, against castleview he had 17 tackles and four tackles for loss after that i mean look Carter Daniels, he is a tackle machine. He did a good job. I'm also going to mention he had 13 tackles against University, that Florida team, by the way. But anyways, Carter Daniels, he is an absolute beast for this Mountain Vista team. He's going to stat, I mean, he's going to stuff the stat sheet. And, you know, he plays just good football. He has a nose for the ball. He's going to go ahead and stop the ball carrier. And he has a very good IQ there. Uh, this is a kid who's been starting since his freshman year. I believe he was a newcomer of the year candidate last year as well. So no surprises that he makes our end of the year award show once more as a defensive playmaker of the year. One of the best linebackers here in the state. Speaking of the best linebackers in the state, we got Hayden Moore out of Regis Jesuit here. Uh, the the three-star, excuse me, committed to Nebraska as of right now here in the regular season. He had 167 tackles, six sacks, 17 hurries, 13 tackles for loss as he was the anchor for this Regis Jesuit team. Another guy who just tallied up a bunch of tackles here. Uh, let me talk about some key games. His best stat, I guess, yeah, his, his best stat game was against Fountain Fort Carson where he had 26 tackles. Um, and four hurries wasn't quite able to get to the quarterback doesn't matter though he still did his thing uh, next to that against Arapaho who they beat he had 19 tackles and two tackles for loss in that game against the legend he had 22 tackles uh, and a sack in that game against Cherry Creek which I watched him play in he had 12 tackles and two tackles for loss I mean look Oh, real quick, Pine Creek, that's another game I watched him live in. Um, they won that game. He had 14 tackles and a sack in that one. I believe he had an interception in that game as well. He went ballistic in that one. I mean, look, there's a reason he's going D1. He is a tackle machine. He is one of the best in the entire state. The stats speak for themselves, uh, and the performances in these games definitely speak for themselves. In the two games I watched him in, one he won and the other he lost by kind of a lot. There was really no doubt after those two that he would be a defensive playmaker of the year candidate. So, boom, there you go. Now the last candidate we got to talk about is Cherry Creek's very own four-star outside linebacker. You know who it is. It is the Oregon commit Blake Purchase. On the regular season, 43 tackles, 8 tackles for loss, 
15 sacks. He leads the entire state in sacks regardless of the classification, I'm pretty sure. So there you go. He was a big part of this Cherry Creek defense that has been so dominant these last couple years. A big part of why they're going to stay as well um, and have won state in the past. I mean, he was a baller this season. Also had uh, eight pass deflections. These, I mean, those eight pass deflections also include the playoffs, by the way. There you go. Uh, just throwing that out there. But the uh, stats I just read off are all regular season stats. I mean, he has been on an absolute tear this season. And they've just unleashed him against uh, opposing quarterbacks here. In the past, I know they've dropped him into coverage a little bit more. And well, not this season. It really felt like, hey, go get yours. You know, go get the quarterback and we'll do the rest. And that is what he has done as he has been uh, virtually unblockable here. Uh, has had a sack in almost every single game this season. But let's go ahead and talk about uh, some of his bigger performances here uh, against Ralston Rally to start the season. He had seven tackles and a sack in that one. Uh, his best stat, I guess, game probably was against Chatfield, though. He had five or sorry, four tackles in that one. But he had a season high four sacks in that game against Regis Jesuit, who I saw him play live. He had six sacks or sorry. Oh, my God. I can't talk. Six tackles, six tackles, but two sacks in that game. One of those sacks was a real nasty hit, too, by the way, in that Grandview game, which even though they lost, he still had four tackles and two sacks going up against a D1 left tackle there who he's probably going to go face-to-face -face against uh, in the Pac-12 since, you know, he committed to Oregon and that tackle heading committed to Washington. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. But, you know, Blake Purchase, he has turned up this season. He has been part of the best defense here in 5A and probably in the entire state. Um, best of luck to him and all those guys playing in the state championship game here. And so there you go. Those are all of your finalists. Let's go to Twitter and see who won the fan vote. And while this is not super close here, but there were 541 votes and 47.5%. Yes, that is almost half of the votes went to Blake Purchase out of Cherry Creek. 28% went to Hayden Moore and then 13 to Carter Daniels and 11 to Brody Van Cleve. So there you go. Can't really argue with those numbers. Let's see what Gideon has to say about defensive playmaker of the year. He says all of these candidates are worthy. Blake Purchase, Hayden Moore, Carter Daniels, and Brody Van Cleve are all great. And we had to make insane cuts to narrow it down to the final four. Here's how I see it. Two of these guys play on defense by committee teams, so that it is down to Brody Van Cleve and Carter Daniels. I have to give the slight edge to Daniels. Statistically and team record-wise, it makes sense. Daniels has more tackles, more fumble recoveries, and more forced fumbles. Van Cleve has twice as many sacks and plays about the same role on the team, proportional to everyone else. At least that's how I see it. However... Van Cleef should be back again next year with Daniels. I want to see Mountain Vista and Pooter face off next season if they play in FOCO, and I'll be there. As uh, we all know, Gideon, he is currently at CSU, and so he handles most of the games up north. So uh, that's what he means by that. But there you go. Once again, two different voters, two different candidates. 
let's go ahead and see what Cody is going to do and who he is going to vote for. Per usual, we have some, you know, ranked prospects even in this defensive playmaker of the year conversation here obviously you have guys who are going to keep doing it for a couple more years would not be surprised if daniels here isn't a depoy candidate for the next couple of years here uh brody van cleave had himself a very very solid season as well but i think it comes down to two edge rushers of two of the top programs in 5a maybe not one of them is the best program in 5A, and the other one, maybe not the best, but one of the top programs in 5A from Regis and Creek here. Hayden Moore, obviously, leading the state in tackles at the end of the regular season, and then eventually becoming the state leader in tackles when Regis is eliminated in the postseason. But just based off of regular season stats, you know, the amount of hurries and tackles for losses that he have are plentiful. They're plentiful, right? However... I think I gotta cast my vote for the highest rated recruit in the state of Colorado here, and that is Blake Purchase, whose versatility and dominance just gives so much leeway to this Cherry Creek squad here. You look at when he was able to turn up, he shines bright in the brightest moments here, but has been so, so consistent, you know, against a 4A state champ and Chatfield that I think is honestly an underrated 5A program here. He tallied four sacks and then from there would not record less than a single sack for the rest of the regular season here. He, I mean, he's also getting up there. He's causing pass deflections. And I'd even say that, you know, he's operating on like a reserve here. This Cherry Creek defense, there's not a lot of tackles to go around. There's dudes on every single level here. But also, from an offensive standpoint, I don't see teams run away as much from any other player in the state as they run away from Blake Purchase. He's running across the field to make these tackles. He is, you know, blowing up plays that are going the other direction to record you know, not only these tackles, but these tackles for loss that he's recorded where, you know, he had eight to end the regular season. He's only continued to dominate in the postseason. Granted, that's, you know, only part of it here too. I, I'd also say that Hayden Moore was capable of doing that and also turned up in the postseason. But really, Blake Purchase is just on another level of teams are actively running away from him. And so I think that when you are able to influence not only, you know, the game and your matchup but you're able to influence a scheme perspective and you're able to influence how offensive coordinators will call their plays for a game based around you as a strength and opening up those other opportunities for guys on the defensive line i think that's what makes you the defensive playmaker of the year just being purely dominant when you are given the opportunities and also making opposing teams shake in their boots my pick for defensive playmaker of the year is cherry creek's very own blake purchase so boom there you go that is two votes for blake purchase might as well make it three as ryan wesley of prep red zone will go ahead and vote for blake purchase he says the state's leader in sacks is a force to be reckoned with and that undoubtedly alters every offensive game plan there's a reason why he had a bunch of offers to top tier programs before committing to oregon 
He's arguably the best player in the state. And I'll have to agree because I'm also going to vote for Blake Purchase, who is your 2022 5A Defensive Playmaker of the Year. Look, I'm pretty sure he made this list last year, or at least he was just short of it. But this year, he left no doubt in the game that I saw against Regis Jesuit. He did his thing, man. He was a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, that was every game. It wasn't just the one game I saw or whatever, you know. He did that every single game. He was a force in pretty much every single game here. And it's not like teams are not trying to, you know, not block him and stuff. He's getting double teamed, uh, chipped, triple teamed. They're trying to throw him out of the equation by running all these plays specifically to take him out of it. And regardless, he is still making plays. And that's on a stacked squad and... You know, I think, in my opinion, playing on a stacked squad and being the best player on that squad says a lot, you know. Because out of all the guys that other offensive teams, uh, well, not just offensive teams, but all teams have to worry about, he is the guy that you got to focus on and whatnot. Uh, he is the guy that you don't want to beat, to have him beat you and whatnot. And so... A lot of respect for everyone who made this list. I do expect a couple of these guys to continue to make this list uh, here in the next couple years. But I got to go with the senior outside linebacker, the Oregon commit, the Cherry Creek guy, the potential two-time state champ, uh, Blake Purchase. By the way, that's potential two-time state champ as a starter, Blake Purchase. Now let's move on to most valuable playmaker. We got a couple guys that were definitely in consideration for this. But let's start with Zach Lewis, the linebacker and senior running back out of Fairview here. In the regular season, he had 967 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. Also had 108 tackles and 15 tackles for loss. I mean, this kid did it all for Fairview. He was one of the engines for this team here. Uh, let's talk about some of his best uh, stat games here against Pooter. He had 142 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, also caught two receptions in that one. On defense, he had seven tackles and a tackle for a loss here. Uh, that was a very close two-point game that Fairview won. So there you go there. Uh, against Boulder in that rivalry game, 110 yards, uh, rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. He also had seven tackles and a tackle for loss. Uh defensively against a valor christian he did a good job he had 18 tackles and a tackle for loss in that game on the ground uh he had 83 yards still which was pretty solid against them i mean regardless zach lewis he has been a captain for this team for a reason and he has been one of the best athletes on this team and he really performed this season so no surprises as to why he is an mvp finalist now another guy that played a similar role to zach lewis is mason miller the pine creek running back and linebacker he is only a junior but man did he perform here 
in the regular season 1110 rushing yards he had 42 tackles two picks two forced fumbles as he was a very good uh linebacker as well playing both ways and for us that is obviously uh of big value now some games well his best statistical game that i want to talk about first here was against a vista ridge that rivalry game he had 181 rushing yards two rushing touchdowns uh just on offense and that one but he also had five tackles and a game ceiling interception in that vista ridge football game um another game i want to talk about against mullen he had 151 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown also tagged on three more tackles against regis jesuit um even though it was a blowout he still had 101 rushing yards and a touchdown that definitely counts for something and three tackles in that game here uh, against valor christian 72 yards and a touchdown and 10 tackles on defense he popped off in that game even though they lost but that was a much closer game than it looked so just you know just keep that in mind there regardless mason miller he's had some very great performances on both sides of the football and that why that's why he is a most valuable playmaker candidate now another finalist i want to talk about is also a junior and that is the quarterback of grandview liam zarka he was the engine to this grandview offense who you know they lost a couple guys last year and so zarka he came in and he led this team to a top seed in the playoffs in this regular season past four 1753 passing yards 16 touchdowns only eight picks also rushed for 478 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns being accountable for 28 touchdowns for this excellent grand view team here now let's talk about some games where he really stepped up here um for me the first one that comes to mind is the Fruta Monument game, which they won in double overtime, I believe. Uh, in that game, he had 171 yards, three passing touchdowns, only one pick. Also had the game-winning two-point conversion, if I'm not mistaken, in that one. So, boom, there you go. Against Cherry Creek, who he beat, he won 12-19 for 112 passing yards. And then also ran the ball for 61 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns in that big time upset there um his best statistical game i would say was probably against fossil ridge where he threw for 243 passing yards three passing touchdowns also had 92 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown in that game uh before that against overland he had a solid game as well we threw for 192 yards and two touchdowns also ran for 107 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns regardless liam zarka has done a lot for this grandview team and was super valuable for the squad which made i guess uh that loss or well his loss because he did get injured here in the playoffs uh big deal for this grandview squad because like i said he really led this team he had a relatively new group of receivers new running back and all that and so and with all of that he still overcame that and led this grandview squad to a bye at least here in the playoffs which definitely matters now the last guy i want to talk about uh is austin madreski out of mountain vista the sophomore quarterback believe former newcomer of the year candidate he passed for 3101 passing yards 
32 touchdowns to nine interceptions here in the regular season here taking a huge step forward as a sophomore i mean he had two games where he passed for over 400 yards here uh one of those he won which in that one he won it was that hail mary pass he threw in well it was in regulation against rock canyon which allowed Mountain Vista to go ahead and win that game as a buzzer beater touchdown was thrown by Austin here. And so in that game against Rock Canyon, let me just talk about that one. 27 of 42 for 460 yards, six touchdowns, finding a bunch of different receivers for a touchdown in that one, if I remember correctly. Like I said, even though I warded it kind of poorly, he had the game-winning touchdown in regulation to win that game. Now, the other game where he threw for 430 yards, over 400 yards, was against a legacy where they lost 28-41. to 41, But he threw 22-38 uh, for 437 passing yards, three touchdowns, did throw two picks in that game, but, you know, still did his thing for the most part there. Some other notable games I want to talk about um, here against Castleview. He avenged that loss from last year, 29-46, 268 passing yards, three passing touchdowns against Fort Collins, 21 of 28, 328 yards, four passing touchdowns. Chaparral, 19 of 25, 351 passing yards, four touchdowns, so only one pick in that one. Uh, against University, a team from Orlando, 17 of 21, Orlando, Florida, that is. 17 of 21, 313 passing yards, four passing touchdowns. I mean, he was lighting up the state, and he is one of the lead passers in the entire state, right behind Raiden Dorman, uh, I believe here. So, there you go, a QBR rating of 113 and a half. So, a uh, big part of this Mountain Vista offense, obviously, and he took a huge step forward for them in that. But let's go ahead and go to the Twitter votes here one last time and see who won MVP, at least fan vote MVP. And with the 644 votes, 40.1% of those went to Zach Lewis, the fantastic athlete out of Fairview. So, boom. There you go there. The next closest was Liam Zarko with 29%, followed by Austin with 21%, and then Mason Miller with 9%. So there you go. Zach Lewis wins the fan vote. Let's see what Gideon has to say here uh, one last time. So he says, Austin Majewski, uh Liam Zarka, Zach Lewis, Mason Miller are all worthy candidates. In my mind, MVP comes down to who carried their team most you all know how i like my two-way players i like quarterbacks but i'll give it to zach lewis i know what it takes to beat all all four major fort collins teams foco high school wasn't great this year but whooping rocky mountain pooter and fossil who are all playoff teams by the way um then he has a bunch of question marks and explanation marks following that and doing it in style lewis's best game of the year was against pooter mvp Honorable mention, uh, Jordan Neeson and Depoy finalist Brody Van Cleef. He had 142 yards on 25 carries and a touchdown in that two-point win. Fairview then whooped Fossil Ridge and Lindenwood commit Tyler Kubat. He had seven tackles in the Pooter game and 120 on the year. Their last playoff game stats haven't been entered yet, but I'm willing to bet that he performed well. So there you go. That is two votes 
for Zach Lewis here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and switch things up here and see what Ryan Wesley has to say about most valuable playmaker. One last time, make sure you go ahead and check Prep Red Zone um, and his content there. But he is going to vote for Austin Majeski out of Mountain Vista. He said, finished first in passing yards on 5A, second in state. Big time arm and impress, uh, impressive footwork in the pocket, especially for a young QB with his height. One thing that really stands out about him besides his talent as a passer is his composure. His ability to keep a level head makes him a methodical passer that is difficult to stop. So there you go. That's one vote casted for Austin Madreski. Two votes going for Zach Lewis. Let's go ahead and see what Cody has to say about MVP. In what is one of the more interesting races here, the most valuable playmaker won. This one is a tight one because, I mean, you have guys who sniffed around 40 total touchdowns in Liam Zarka. Obviously, the two-way prowess of Zach Lewis and Mason Miller is very, very enticing with how well those running backs slash linebackers dominated. And then you have Austin here of Mountain Vista who, you know, led the state in passing at points in the season. And I think at the end of the regular season, maybe even was the leading passer here as only a sophomore. And it makes it very difficult. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, you know, we choose one at the end of the day. And the one that I have to go with is going to be Mountain Vista's very own Austin Madruski here. The 32 touchdowns over 3,000 passing yards in the regular season here led this mountain vista squad to have just a very potent offense definitely his arm opened up opportunities in a run game that also got over 1300 yards and quite a few touchdowns here but something that i find very impressive about austin's performance especially you know considering that he's only been a starter for two years is that he managed to pass touchdowns to eight different receivers this year and eight different receivers all caught over 100 yards. It was very well spread. He saw the entire field for what it was. He got his guys opportunities in open space. He would lead them well on routes. And I think that, you know, he just did such a splendid job of being not only you know, the catalyst of this Mountain Vista offense, but I'd also say the face of this Mountain Vista squad here, who, you know, has so many candidates in so many categories, but really, you know, Mountain Vista here just really shined in a lot of ways and even competed for league, you know, against teams that that maybe don't take Mountain Vista as seriously. I mean, they barely lost to Thunder Ridge in double overtime, and Austin Madruski, Hail Mary, helped lift them over Rock Canyon. You know, they were keeping pace in a foot race with Valor Christian. So I think that, you know, you look at Austin here, and he's a huge reason why they are in so many of those games and why this team averaged nearly 36, 37 points a contest here. So... You know, huge congrats to uh, Modruski here for, you know, his work this year, his development especially. I know that, you know, he's a very humble guy and, you know, he's a, he's a stabilizing presence in a locker room here. And, uh, you know, I think that also contributes to being a most valuable playmaker if you've heard some of our other debates and discussions. You know, Modruski both on and off the field is very solid, absolutely wonderful, and, you know, he's my 
vote for most valuable playmaker. So there you go. That is the second vote for Austin Madreski out of Mountain Vista here. Uh, it's tied 2-2 or 2 for Zach Lewis, 2 for Austin Madreski here. My vote is actually between the both of these guys, so my vote will be the winning vote here. But I'm going to have to go with the Mountain Vista quarterback, Austin Madreski. Look, love Zach Lewis. I think he's a great football player. I think he's an excellent athlete. Uh, somebody who is probably going to make our top five seniors linebacker list. Be on the lookout for that. That'll be coming out soon here, uh, here in the next couple weeks probably. But, you know, I got to go with the quarterback here, one of the best quarterbacks in the entire state. I mean, he really led this team here, and I don't know where Mountain Vista would be if he was not their quarterback, honestly. Um, he has, I mean, he's won them games, you know. I think that is undeniable, and when they needed him most, he's usually come through. Even in that Thunder Ridge game, I mean, he gave them a 21-point lead basically which you know they blew as a team i'm not just gonna blame him for that uh but you know he's still developing and he's only a sophomore doing these things i think that's also worth noting as well going into next year obviously that bar is going to be raised we'll see what happens there but I think the bar was raised for him going into this year and he exceeded those expectations and he won them games and he got them back to the playoffs again and so you got to keep all of that in mind and so that's why Austin Majeski, the sophomore quarterback out of Mountain Vista is your 2022 5A most valuable playmaker of the year. So, boom, there you go. Also, I realized I didn't talk about honorable mentions. I'm going to mention them real quick. Uh, Deano Bonalo out of Ralston Valley, he was definitely an honorable mention here. Jordan Neeset out of Pooter, he was definitely an honorable mention. He had a great year playing both ways here. Um, just off the top of my head, Trey Stott out of Valor Christian is probably another honorable mention here. I mean, there are a lot of guys that could have been mentioned uh, who are also you know, Opoi, Depoy candidates as well. But there could only be one. And so that wraps up these awards. Let's go ahead and move on to the All Playmaker list. Okay, so let me go ahead and explain how our All Playmaker list works. So it is decided between myself, Cody, and Gideon. We literally sat down at a table and talked it through, talked about guys who deserve this recognition from us. And so to make the list, not only do you have to have the stats, but you also have to have played at least eight games, you know, and so if you haven't played eight games, then you're not on the list. You're, you're cut from consideration, basically. On top of that, you know, we definitely weigh in heavier on uh, players that we've seen in person. We've been to plenty of football games, and so we definitely keep that in mind. And the players we haven't seen in person, I mean, obviously, we have access to film, uh, not just highlights, but game film as well. Shout out to FanView and NFHS for all of that. So that's how we make these decisions. And on top of that, the key thing here. Because everyone's going to be like, oh, I made All-State and whatnot, which is cool. You know, that's great to make All-State. But also, All-State doesn't have position limits, as in they take, you know, however many players they want. For this list, we have a specific number of athletes who could take for every position so that we have to make tough decisions. All right. And so let me just go ahead and uh, go down the line here. So we take 
You take one athlete. That's a person that has to play both ways. Has to. So, boom, there you go. Then we take two quarterbacks, two running backs, three receivers, only one tight end, which was tough because there were a lot of great tight ends here. Two offensive tackles, three interior linemen. So those are guys who play guard, center, whatever, you know. Um, two defensive tackles, so interior defensive linemen. Two edge rushers. It doesn't matter if they play defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever. As long as they were coming off the edge for the majority of the season, they're on here. So there you go. We took two linebackers, uh, inside linebackers mostly, that is. Three cornerbacks, two safeties, two kickers, and one punter. So there you go. I'm going to go ahead and just read off this entire list here. And then I'll talk about guys who just barely missed our thought process and all that stuff. So at quarterback, we've got two here. We have Austin Madreski out of Mountain Vista, the sophomore, and Liam Zarka, the junior quarterback out of Grandview. At running back, we have Aiden Duda out of Rock Canyon, the senior. You're welcome. And Diego Kearns out of Eagle Crest, uh, another senior running back. At wide receiver, we have the senior receiver out of Arvada West. That is Brady Witherspoon. Uh, we also have Trek Keyworth from Fossil Ridge. He is a senior as well, I believe. And then we got Solomon Latimer out of Doherty. He is the lone junior uh, to make this wide receiver group. So there you go. At tight end, we took Josiah Steven Silva, the Fountain Fort Carson senior tight end. Um, at offensive tackle, we took Zachary Henning, the Grandview senior, and Ethan Thomason, the Rocky Mountain senior. And then here at guard slash center, it, there are a lot of candidates for this one, but we went with Hank Zelinskis, the center out of Cherry Creek, Tanner Morley, the guard out of Valor Christian, and Tanner Regis or Ragus, I want to say, excuse me if I'm saying that wrong, I'm so sorry, out of Pine Creek. Now at defensive tackle, we went with the senior Brody Bleak out of Valor, the senior Gavin Taylor out of Legend. Then at edge rushers, we have two seniors here, Blake Purchase out of Cherry Creek and Hayden Moore out of Regis Jesuit. At linebacker, we decided to go with Isaac Engel out of Highlands Ranch and Carter Daniels, also out of Highlands Ranch, but out of Mountain Vista High School technically. And then at cornerback, we went with Jordan Neeson, the senior from Pooter, Ramon Pacheco, the junior from, well, from Pine Creek. And then we also went with his teammate, Justice Nicholson, the junior from Pine Creek as well. At safety, we went with Cam Warm Chapa, the uh, junior safety from Eagle Crest. And then we went with Logan Brantley, um, the senior from Cherry Creek. So, boom, there you go there. Now, our two kickers, we have Joel Lopez out of Fort Collins. He is a junior. And Bryce Olsen out of Fossil Ridge. He is a senior. For our punter, we went with Jonathan, I believe it's pronounced Sykes, out of Denver East. He is a senior. And then our athlete goes to Zach Lewis uh, the senior from Fairview. So, boom, there you go. That is our 2022 5A All-Playmaker team. 
Uh, a lot to talk about here. Let's start. Well, let's just go down the line. Let's start at quarterback here. Um, at quarterback, I feel like this was pretty obvious here. I mean, Austin Majeski, obviously, he just won MVP, uh, so he made it. Liam Zarka was an MVP candidate, so he was on here. Other guys we considered, Ethan Cook from Arvada West was there. Alexander Carroll from Regis Jesuit was definitely considered, along with Logan Madden out of Ralston Valley. John Brookhart was somebody that, um, by the way, quarterback from Legend, he was somebody that we were considering, but... Uh, the stats weren't quite there and he was hurt so he got eliminated in a couple different ways there and then we had Colton Pollock out of Fossil Ridge uh, no disrespect to Tyler Kubat I mean he would have been you know not considered at all uh, because he missed almost half the season here but Pollock here I mean he really turned up and he played running back but he also played quarterback and so we went back and forth he's a young guy he's gonna get his chance later so boom there you go now, at running back, there were a million options to go with here. Um, I'm sure the biggest question you're asking is how did Aiden Duda make the all-playmaker list, but he didn't make our award list. Well, in our opinion, we felt like Mark Taylor from Columbine. He was somebody that had an excellent season, uh, arguably a little bit of a better season. His film was just a little bit more impressive to us. Uh, the reason Mark Taylor didn't make our all-playmaker list was because he also had Josh Snyder on his team, and so running back duos, I mean, they never really do well. Um, you can look at our past all-playmaker teams from this year. We don't really include running backs who were in a committee, uh, or at least not really. So there you go. That's also why Carlson Bubba Tan from Creek, along with Jordan Heron, weren't on here. Um, the... Diano Bonalo, I know he wasn't in a committee, but he was someone we considered. Mason Miller, obviously, from Pine Creek was in there. Uh, Donovan Vernon from Grandview was considered. Um, Abe Chatella, obviously, from Rocky Mountain. We had to consider him for Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Uh, I think he had a great season, but you know when it is as close as it is here, we usually go with seniority, and then after that, I mean, it's just it just comes down to decision making. Like I said, we literally sat down at a table between the 1A state championship game and 2A state championship game to decide this all playmaker team. Uh, the end of the year awards were decided after the regular season, so just keep that in mind here. All right, so there you go. Uh, but we decided that Aiden Duda and Diego Kearns were our best options for this list. Obviously, there are a million honorable mentions, ones that I just mentioned and ones that I haven't mentioned yet. But we considered a lot for this one, as 5A loves to run the football. Now, at wide receiver, it, it was pretty obvious. I felt like I Brady Witherspoon for sure was going to make this list. You know, I think that was an easy one here. Solomon Latimer out of Doherty was somebody who we all kind of agreed should make this list. I mean, he has had some excellent games. He might be one of the best receivers here in this next class here in the class of, I think he would be 2024, 20, you know? Uh, he's a talented guy, you know? And so we felt like he definitely deserved to make this list. And then we had Trek Keyworth. He had to make this list as well. I mean, he was a big part of of this Fossil Ridge team and their success who had two different quarterbacks throwing to him but he still almost caught 4,000 yards and caught over 10 touchdowns so that was definitely impressive other guys we considered 
Ja'Kai Mack, Sean Conway, uh, Braden Monroe was a close one, Nicky Maguire, DeAndre Barnes from Regis Jesuit was a real close one, uh, Jordan Rochelle from Fairview, Ishmael Cece was definitely a close one, but with this one, at least in this specific category, we decided to go with seniority and stats for the most part here, and obviously value to the team, you know, as well, so boom, there you go that this was another tough one but like i said that's why we have position limits we were forced to make tough decisions so you could kind of see where our our opinions truly lie here um so yeah now at tight end a lot of great options simon kibbe from grandview alex turpin from vista drew rollman from chatfield uh obviously you have to see you commit and andrew metziger from regis jesuit and colton mills younger from pooter we decided to go with Josiah Steven Silva because, I mean, first off, the stats speak for themselves. And on top of that, he played a very big role for Fountain for Carson here. Uh, we have a top five tight end senior list coming out here. I would encourage y'all to listen to that episode whenever it does come out because I think it'll kind of help justify this pick. Shout out to DeAndre Horn, by the way. Um, but, you know, Rock Canyon runs the ball, so they kind of did him a little bit of a disservice. If they were more of a balanced team, then he definitely probably would have been that guy here in this position. So, there you go. At offensive tackle, this was the one we had the least debate about. Zach Henning and Ethan Thompson, both elite tackles for their teams in Grandview and Rock Canyon, respectively. It was pretty obvious. I mean, Gideon, he saw Thompson play, I believe. Uh, Cody saw Henning play, and there is no doubt that they were they had to make this list. So, boom, there you go. Uh, speaking of guys who are locked in, Hank Zelinskis out of Cherry Creek. He plays guard, uh, offensive lineman for them. He was for sure going to make this team. So, there you go. Now, the last two spots were kind of close here. Tanner Morley out of Valor Christian. Uh, you know, he's moved around on the line, but we decided that we had to include him because of Valor. They've had a pretty successful run game as the season has went on. So that's a little bit of a tribute to them and their success here. Also, best of luck to them at State. Then we eventually decided on Tanneragus or Ragus for Pine Creek here. Other guys we considered was Connor Laxon, his teammate, along with Carson Kaplan. Um, there was also Ian Turner and Daxton Wood of Columbine, I believe. Uh, Taki Diotis, I want to say, out of Cherry Creek was another good one. And then Gage Ginther was one that barely missed it. But in the games that we watched, um, well, not we, because it was Cody and Gideon. But they assured me that he wasn't quite there yet. But he got better as the season went on. So there you go. But it's about, you know, playing a good full season and not just a good game or two. So that's what matters. Uh, now, at defensive tackle, this was kind of another easy one. I mean, there weren't a lot of guys to really look at. There's Rocky Shields out of Columbine, uh, Joe Van Meter out of Fort Collins. But we felt like Gavin Taylor and Brody Bleak were easily the best defensive tackles in 5A. And it wasn't super close. At least the best defensive tackles that also had the stats to match and met the playing time requirement. So, boom. Now, at edge, this was kind of tough here. Blake Purchase was locked in because, you know, he's the sack leader in the entire state. Uh, but we had to go with Hayden Moore over guys like Caden Schaus, Brody Van Cleef, Theo Freyricks. Um, Hayden Moore, I mean, kid, he is uh, he's one of the tackle leaders in all 5A I feel like that really speaks for itself there. 
Now, linebacker, this was a really tough one, but we went with Isaac Angle and Carter Daniels. I mean, they just had the best stats here. Uh, I feel like that was pretty obvious, but you have a lot of other guys like Ty Fave, Aiden O'Shan, Kate Thomas, Zach Lewis. Uh, well, Zach Lewis made athletes, so I guess it didn't matter. Uh, Ishay Seves, Brett Alvey, Angelo Petridis, Brock Colston, who were all considered for this here, but... You know, we just decided the easiest way to go about linebacker was stats. And both these guys were very deserving of this. So, boom, there you go. At corner, Jordan Eason, he's been turning up for Pooter. He was an easy one there. And then we decided to put the two Pine Creek corners because they've been playing great. You know, uh, not only do they also lead 5A in interceptions, but, you know, they've caused a lot of problems for a lot of passing teams. So, bam, there you go there. At safety, this was kind of tough here, but we knew Logan Brantley. He's been a beast for Cherry Creek, so he had to make it. And then Cam Chapa out of Eagle Crest. I mean, arguably one of the best safeties in the entire state. We obviously kept in mind Caleb Davis from Cherokee Trail, Caleb Keith from Thunder Ridge, Gibson Leaf Green out of Grandview, Jason Tommy out of Ralston Valley, uh, Trey Stott out of Valor Christian. There are a lot of guys to consider for safety here this one was one that we had to talk about quite a bit here because there were a lot of different combinations we could have went with here um but i feel like logan brantley really well we felt like logan brantley really separated himself and then cam chapa i mean he's been one of the best in the entire state so there you go we just had to make a tough decision and that's what we came up with Kicker punter was easy because it's stat-based, and then at athlete, it was pretty much between Zach Lewis and Mason Miller. Uh, Zach Lewis, he's a senior, plus he has better stats, so we went with Zach Lewis there. So, boom, there you go. That's your 5A all-playmaker team. I'm going to put this out there because I think some of you, uh, well, I'm pretty sure some of y'all are already typing up the hate messages because, you know, but... I'm going to say this just because you did not make the all playmaker team doesn't make you a worse player uh, because as our top five seniors list comes out, top five seniors series comes out actually here in December, you're going to see that there are going to be guys that we rank at the top five and above that don't make the all playmaker list and you know it's not because all oh, they suck or whatnot with all playmaker we really consider the full season how much they've done for their team and whatnot and there are a lot of great players out there you know here in 5a but this really forced us to make some tough decisions here which we feel like chassa doesn't really do with their all state teams so boom there you go but that is that that is the last end of the year award show Make sure you go ahead and check out our other ones here. You can find that at Playmakers Corner on anywhere you can listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, YouTube as well at Playmakers Corner. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us. Leave us a good review. Um, and if you want to know when more content is going to come out, follow us on social media at Playmakers Corner on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and tiktok as well we post content there uh highlights from games we're going to be posting highlights from these great award winners and we'll also be posting top five lists and uh also our top 10 moments we're gonna do that um we'll explain that later at a different time though this is not the episode for that but a lot of content coming here soon and so make sure you follow us and subscribe and do all that great stuff there and show us some love you know give us a like give us a good review uh we appreciate it but thank you so much for rocking with us and we'll catch you later